Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. This is your life. Well, today's the big day because I got my man in the house and today is not an interview, even though we have a guest with us. Today is just a conversation. It's just a conversation with many who know him would easily (laughs) agree with this when I say the one and only Ali Walter Bush Hamilton. Ali, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. Let's chop it up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, it's interesting. I I decided, and I should say we decided, that we were going to go ahead and do this talk. And again, I resist calling it an interview because we decided that we're just going to talk like people, like men, and um, just compare some notes. And I went ahead and named this episode, This Is Your Life. Uh, effectively, it's about you and your life. But I would, you know, encourage anybody who's dealing with their life, deal with your life too. take a look at it, you know, review it, um, reach back so that you can pull all the pieces out of it so you can enjoy it. It's very important because after all, it's your life. So, yo, Ali. What's happening? What's happening? The first thing I would say is, and make sure that I don't get teary like a punk on this one and start crying. Your best. But I'm going to say that sitting here with you at 21 years old plus now, because your birthday is September, right? Mm-hmm. I, I asked God for you, you know, when you were born. Mm-hmm. And I guess he listened because you were in such a hurry to get born that it was a 15 minute birth for your mother. Right. You busting out at the hospital door trying to get out of there. You're welcome. So what did you think of that when you were trying to come out? Did you think of it at all? I'm sure if I was thinking about it, I was thinking it's dark in here. They probably got food outside. Probably something good to drink. You know what I'm saying? I hear them yelling and they say like they're having fun out there. I like to have some fun. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what I was saying. Probably in my fetus head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Your fetus head. Me and your brother, we were talking to you in the belly like crazy. We were razzing you like, yo, we got some cookies out here. You're not, you can't have any. And and uh, when you get out, we're going to hold them back from you. We were messing with you a lot in there. I think you heard that and uh, decided to come out. What do you think? It's crazy how they do you. That's what I think. It's it crazy is. how they do you. It is. <laughs> it is. But you came into a house and a family of love, man. So it's good. It was good that you came. Um, it's good that you're sitting here now with me. But as we we reflect back on your young life, it's interesting. Um, you know, we had a standard, you know, uh, birth and come home and you become a, a, a little toddler and and essentially running around like any other little toddler having fun. But then at three years old, you started jumping into karate class with us and being physically and athletically involved at three years old. That's crazy. Tell me if you if you actually now at 21 years old, you remember what that felt like to be involved at that time or it was just a blur now? To be honest, it's just a blur. I don't remember that at all. The first memory I had of karate probably. The first thing I could kind of remember about doing some type of karate is at the beach where we were doing all those kicks in the water. I don't really remember starting off or doing nothing like that, honestly. Not, yeah, not too much. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because that day that you're talking about, we did. We, we pulled some time aside, me, you and your brother went to the beach and we started doing all manner of kicks in the water with control, slow kicking and trying to hold it up against the waves. And you guys had the greatest time. You talked about it for days about how let's go to the water and do some more kicking again, too. How old was I? Yeah. At that time, you were just about three because you started at about three and a half. Yeah. Technically, when you got in, your brother was just about seven. And uh, we started that. But you guys seem to love that so much. But here's what's significant. You had good legs, Brad. You were controlling yourself out there. And I have the photos somewhere, two of us out there doing those kicks. And uh, and those legs stayed with you. Uh, how did it feel to have those good legs? I mean, it felt good when I could kick people. I felt, I felt good when I could land him. You know what I'm saying? I, it wasn't. Well, when I didn't land, I was like, dang, I got to fake something. But it felt good. I could do the splits. I used to be able to kiss the ground. After I was all crazy. You was the only other person who could kiss the ground. So I was like, I was juiced. I could kiss the ground. I can't do it no more, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, explain that, break it down for people. What's that mean? Because the gown we So we did a stretch where you you extend your legs like all the way, put your hands on the ground, and extend your legs as far as you can, and then you sit down. And then so you put your hands on the ground while you're sitting down, your legs like wide open, and you try and stretch and try and lean forward as much as you can. And then so you just stretch, and then he's always flexible enough to be able to stretch enough so his head could touch the ground and he could kiss the ground. So I used to, like, I was able to do it eventually, and I was like four or five, six. I I was like flexible. I was way more flexible than I was when I got older, so I could actually do it. So yeah, I felt juiced that I could actually do it because nobody else in the class could do it besides him, and he was the oldest person, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah, old man, trying to get down. What are you gonna do, right? Well, it's interesting too because um, that stayed with you at three, and then four, and then five years old. And so again, since this is a focus on this is your life, right? As you watch your life progress, suddenly we started. Uh, developing our karate school and our karate classes. And then we started to go to competitions. And as we went to competitions, you at four and five years old started to grow like crazy, man. Like you were really something. You were into it. We went to tournaments. You were guaranteed a first place, generally speaking, every time we stepped into a tournament. You seem to have a, a real focus for it. Ironically, your aunt, who is, lives in Atlanta, is here visiting us over this week. And she's here now. So it makes me think about you at five years old at the Battle of Atlanta, fighting the kid for first place, and he never touched you. You go 6-0. You remember any of that? No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I, uh, no. Uh, I, I don't remember. I'm not, I remember going there and doing all the stuff other than karate, but I don't remember that exact, exact fight at all. Uh, I have it on video, and I have photos. And I remember that your cousin, Quentin, who is your brother's age and also a participant in martial arts, said, whoa, six zero. <laughs> you beat the kid at five years old and you beat him with a round kick to the head. Nice and sticky. Like, it's crazy. So it's funny how at five years old, you were a bit of a prodigy, dude. You used to get down like that, man. So when your brother took first the same day, so you guys were got it done. So. That was really interesting. I bring that up because that kind of involvement in athleticism at such an early age, I think it formed something in you. Did you feel like something was forming in you as well? Did you feel like a, a strength of yourself? Or again, does your memory not serve you in this? And you didn't remember feeling any of that. I remember it, but I don't think I felt anything. I think I was too young to really see anything like that. Like I was just kind of just being a kid and doing karate because that's what our family did at the time. I don't really remember. I don't, and I remember, but I don't think I felt 
any like real like real like genuine like oh uh uh you know i'm feeling i'm getting better i'm i, I, I didn't i didn't really think that i just thought like you know we do karate and I'm, I'm winning pretty good that's fine and then we, we go, i wouldn't even think i think about when we went to disney world more than actual tournaments i would think of when we would go on the on the plane rides and, and eat and stuff like that more than the actual like karate parts of it but it's crazy how like it did affect me when i got older I didn't think of but you know so like I don't really remember that exactly how it developed me but I just remember how f- the fun we had when we would go places like I don't I remember the fun and the the conversations and all that type of stuff more than I remember doing well in karate and I think that's appropriate I think that effectively and this is a, a word you know a word to all parents right what I was trying to do was I was trying to build structure around having fun. Mm -hmm. So the idea was we training and growing and becoming better men, Mm -hmm. but we still having fun like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we would find a way to have fun. Mm -hmm. I remember we took um, all these balls like they have at the... um, at the kids yeah the ball pit and we made a ball pit in the living room that stayed there for like a month and we made it and we built it and we played in those balls every day after school throwing them all around the house and play and then i made those slingshots out of coat hangers and we shot cheerios all over the room and stuff at the same time by saturday we were going to another tournament so it's really good that you reference having fun. And, and I like to talk about that because if we talk about this is your life, we must know that it was a very important thing for me as a father to build fun into our existence. And so do you still have that sense of having fun in your life? Yeah, I have to. You can tell. I thought you could tell when I start talking. Like, I I have to have fun personally. Like, if I'm not, like, I hate being in settings where, like, I have to be, like, a stick figure or, like, I have to, like, tense up and be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I hate, I hate like just trying to act like and be so serious. I hate being serious. Like I've gotten in trouble at my jobs before for like playing too much, and like you know stuff like that. Like I hate it. I can't stand it. Like I'd much rather just like just be able to have fun and be myself. Like I hate having to put on a front and be super serious or be you know angry or be something like that. I hate it so much. Like I feel like having fun is one of the most important things to me in life. Like I feel like if I don't have fun, I'm just gonna be miserable and. If I'm not having fun, then I'm gonna feel angry, or I'm gonna feel like sad, or I'm gonna just feel depressed, or something like that. Like I have to find my find a way to have fun, even if it's just. I feel like that's why I'm by myself a lot more nowadays than I was before, because it feels like a lot of people don't have fun or don't feel the same about having fun the way I do. So I like I gotta have fun my own way, and I have to make sure like I keep my sense of myself because if I'm the one, I can always tell when I'm not having like the sense of myself. It's just like. Just, just everything just doesn't feel right. Like I, I feel like sometimes I feel sick, or like I just feel like depressed. I just like really won't want to talk to nobody or anything. Like I gotta make self, make sure I have fun. That's just the type of person I am. I have to have fun somehow, even if it's just in my head, my subconscious. I gotta do something fun. That's why, like a lot of times, people just look at me and I'm just like laughing at myself. And there's nobody around. I'm not talking to anything. And it's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm just talking to myself. I'm He's hilarious because I'm hilarious. Honestly, yeah. I'm so I'm the funniest person I know. I'm hilarious in my head. Uh, you stupid man. All right, well, that actually, I can corroborate that because when you were a kid, you used to always, we'd be driving in the car and you'd see something on the road and say some crazy stupid stuff and have all of us laughing for nothing. It wouldn't make any sense at all. We're like, what are you, why, how do you even think of that? And you're like, what? Yeah, like, why is that over there like that? 
And so it's really true. And, and I need to go ahead and plug this in. It's really important to plug in you and your brother, because, you know, it, it came over to him. Uh, and you two, as cohorts, taught me how to have more fun as a serious person. Dude, I was I was almost born a serious person. Mm-hmm. My life demanded that I have seriousness to me. Matter of fact, my life demanded that I be hard, mm-hmm. that I do some stuff that that people really didn't want to live the way I lived. They had, mm-hmm. you know, you I had I felt like I was ready to fight at any moment. Anybody, how many of the people you brought, it was that kind of craziness. And you and your mm-hmm. brother, as my two good friends and good sons, taught me, come on, pasta. It's like we're supposed to be working. What are y'all doing? And you're like, yo, dad, we, we but we're working. You're like, yeah, but we can still have fun. I remember you guys are always checking me on that. So it's really an important thing, I think, to remember for all of us, and especially people whose circumstances, because look, here we are on a podcast, and we chopping it, and we talking, and whatever, but there's a lot of people going through hell. They ain't got no computer, they ain't got no mic, they ain't got no glasses, and their eyes can't see, they, 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 you know, their shoes is worn down. I'll never forget those people, man. And so if we can remind each other to have some fun and share that time with each other, it's really important. What you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people take stuff for granted. Because they had it their whole life. I, I feel like I had that for a while until I started getting out and seeing people and talking to people, kicking with more friends and stuff like that. It started to realize the things that you have and the things that other people don't have. And like just because you have it doesn't mean that like uh, it, it's not valuable. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's very easy for people to have something their whole life, have money their whole life, like have a house, have loving parents, and then they kind of just forget about it and take it for granted. And then there's people who never even met their real parents before, go from foster home to foster home. And this, you know what I'm saying? There's people who haven't had a house their whole life, ain't got to steal food to survive. It's, it's people who never met a father and, and they never met their mother and the, the other parent is abused on drugs. Like, it's so much bad stuff that that goes on in the world that people do not, uh, they don't think about because they're stuck in their own thing and they're like, oh, I want my life to be better. But they don't realize how nice their life really is and how much they they really do have you know what I'm saying I feel like that's a, a big part of that like I feel like I had a lot growing up I, I you know everybody doesn't have everything they want but I had a lot growing up but having a, a, a father who didn't have a lot growing up and he could you know kind of keep you grounded uh and keep you remind you like oh yeah like you have a lot like don't don't forget about what you really have there's a lot of stuff that you don't have and when you like like I you would go to someone's house and and their house might be like a little dirtier, might not be as nice and stuff like that. And, but I mean, it doesn't take any validity from them or how they live or anything like that. But you can just sense the difference. You're like, dang, like, like there's nothing wrong with here, but I'm blessed to have what I have. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's good perspective, man. That's good to share with anybody, anytime. And honestly, nobody's above anybody. You know, honestly, I don't care how hard you work, how much money you make or whatever you do. Nobody's above anybody. But I think awareness is a really important feature between us human beings. So that's really good. You would say that. And, you know, I did keep you honest. I always use Hey, do not forget where we at. Now, from the time you were little, it's like, look, you're getting all this. I'm looking out for you. I'm going to make sure I look out for you to the day I die. But don't get it twisted and take it for granted. So you do think really, as we're talking here on this session, you do think you heard that growing up and it, and, and it uh, stayed with you? Yeah, I think I definitely heard it, but I- Irritating sometimes, though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, see, when when you told me it irritated me or like it's something like that, and I didn't really understand until I kind of understood for myself. I feel like I'm the, I was the type of person growing up, like I didn't 
really like I, I i would hear things and like things would be true but i wouldn't understand it until i make myself understand it like if someone else is telling me trying to yell at me or something like that i'm just probably not gonna listen as much as if i understand you know i saw i had to kind of figure stuff out for myself when i figure out for myself i'm like oh yeah you did say that huh like she did say that that did happen ah you know what i'm saying like you got for me personally i'm just a person who i have to figure something out on my own or i have to understand some of my own to really get a grasp of it so like it was a lot of stuff that my dad was telling me growing up that like it would be it would be irritating or i'd be like i don't like like i don't agree or whatever and then i realize it on my own and be like oh yeah that's pretty true like that yeah, you're, you're right. He had a point there, but I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily realize, even realize that at first that that was what he was saying. I was just realizing something that I'm learning. And then later on, you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, he did say that. So it all makes sense. It all comes for a full circle eventually. So, yeah, the, the older you got, the smarter I got. Huh? Yeah, really, the older I got, the smarter I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and this is, again, this is this is a super important point. So you have a you're blessed enough to have a good friend network, right? Mm-hmm. Of multiple young men who are your age, mm-hmm. and you've known each other since early in school, mm-hmm. and you you seem to rock well together. You guys you think similarly when you uh, get together to have some leisure time. You enjoy it. I spend time with them. Taught many of them in the arts and all that. Mm-hmm. So do you think that they got that perspective coming up too? That hey, I'd rather learn it and know it myself. I don't want to listen to nobody first. I want to go learn it myself so I can know for sure. Mm-hmm. You, you think a lot of them feel that way too? I think some did, but I felt like some didn't because a lot of, like I have a lot of friends who just didn't have nobody that was telling them anything. So it's like oh, they had to yeah, learn stuff on their own. Yeah. More so they had to like there's a lot of like I have friends who I've probably said three words to some of their parents, like or something like that. And they're like, I don't really talk to them too much. Like and they come over here and they it's like it's completely different because it's like Oh, your dad's talking to us. Your dad's playing with us. He wants to chop it up. He wants to. And a lot of people don't even have. I, I know a lot of friends who don't have their father, and they've never even met him. Type stuff, or barely had a couple conversations with them. So it it was like it's like some of them are, and then some of them were like they haven't weren't told anything. They just had to figure it out on their own, regardless. Wow, man. Well, first of all, I'm proud and pleased to to know that somehow that maybe I was helpful in that regard because. That was the goal. So that's good looking. That That's good. And let's keep going, because uh, I think sharing the experience where we learn from each other is important. And I say that because now maybe it's, it's flipping a little bit. Maybe I see and recognize and even learn things from you now, too, as we move forward. You know, that's a cool thing, man. And so as we progress in, you know, chronologically in your life and we talked about you being a five year old champion and you were, too, man, you were a national champion at five years old. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And so then we just we pushed forward. Right. And you went to school and you, uh, you know, you you had social skills and we had friends here in the neighborhood who also were part of our karate school. Our karate school grew to a national and even international presence. And, uh, you know, we did some things, some, some very positive things. You were teaching classes to adult students at 10 years old. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Do you remember that part? And if you do. Was it nerve wracking? Was it easy? How you to explain? How was that? I remember, but it was it was just regular to me because I've been doing it for so long. Like you do something, you start something, when you as young as you can remember, it's like it's just like this is just what I do already. So it's just you don't think like, oh man, I have to teach an older person. It's just like I've been doing this. So 
Like, and even if they don't listen, like at the end of the day, I know better than you. I most likely, I probably know probably better than what you're talking about. So like, mm-hmm. you can choose to listen or not, but I'm gonna still know what I'm talking about. Regard. And even if they didn't listen, like I probably wouldn't even notice. Like I probably would have just been like, whatever. I did my job. Like I'm teaching. I'm and then I go to class and I start getting taught. And I'm like, okay, we learn the mind. Like, because you don't really worry too much about other people when you're young. You kind of just like. Like you do, but you don't really notice. So like, I wasn't really noticing. Like, oh, he's he's this person feels this way. Like, and honestly, a lot of like a lot of the people that we taught, like, they knew that you're the sensei. So I'm if you tell me to teach them something, it's obviously for a reason, or I it has a, like there's a point to it. So like, they were not a lot of it's not a lot of times where people would be like, you don't know what you're talking about, or like just try and not listen because they knew if they didn't listen to me, then you would find out and. They you they would hear a earful from you, so they would definitely have to listen to somebody. They better listen to somebody, or they not gonna be around too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's funny about if you ain't in this family and this dojo and acting like you have respect, then you better go somewhere else. Yeah, I think that was a big thing too. Cause I always knew like if something was to happen, like if somebody was to have some type of problem or something, I'll just tell you, and you would figure it out for sure. That's what I do. So, what about that structure? You know, there was a lot of structure coming up, like every day. Like, just take a period of time. If we take just a snapshot of like two years out of our life, let's just say, you know, and all I was doing was teaching martial arts and opening the school and all that. So that means like if your mom was on a trip as a flight attendant and we were here, I take you to school that morning. Right. Pick you up in the afternoon. We come home and do homework and then we go to the school and we would train. Right. And we get finished with those classes and we have our dinners and do what we do. And we did that virtually every day like of the week or certainly multiple days during the week for a long time. How, how do you think that affected your life? Do you think that gave you more of a sense of order and your feet on the ground? Or as you reflect on it now, was it irritating and a pain in the butt? I can accept it now either way. But mm-hmm. but for sure, like what, what do you think about that? I feel like when I was younger, it, it was definitely needed because knowing myself, I would have just been all over the walls to do whatever. So like, it was good to have, like, I feel like if somebody else was my parent and they weren't keeping me, like, honest and had me do whatever I was, what you had me doing before, then I would have been doing a whole bunch of other stuff. I would have been wild and trying to just, just have fun all the time or do stuff that I shouldn't have been doing all the time and stuff like that. So I feel like it was good for me when I was younger. And then when I started getting older, I started kind of resenting it because it was like, I want to do some stuff that I want to do now because it was also, I kind of felt awesome. Like, like, Oh, I've been doing what someone tells me for all these years. I kind of want to be able to have the opportunity to do something that I want to do at least. And I, I used to, I would feel like, dang, I got to go to karate. I can't stay outside now. Or I like, I, I can't go to, I, I can't go to, uh, you know, I can't go to my friend's house and spend the night because I got to go to karate first and stuff like that. And, um, and uh, it was also different when you get taught or coached by somebody that's your like your father or your something like that, because it's like if there's some type of issue or something like that at the class, like usually if you have if you have basketball practice and you go and coach yells at you or whatever, you like oh, whatever. And then you just go home, deal with it, maybe talk to your teammates like, bro, you're tripping. Ah, ah, ah. And then you just go on. But with, with us, it was like it was just us. So. You would yell at me or I'd get in trouble or I'd get, you know what I'm saying, punched up or something like that at class. And then we would go home and then you're still mad. And so it's like you can't really get away. So I feel like that helped. That made me want to kind of get away, too, because it's like, damn, see, we yelled at from all places and stuff like that. And, and But one good thing, though, you got to say is that every time, like, we ever get in trouble, get a whooping, get anything, you always be like, I didn't want to do that. So I'm sorry that we had to. But 
and then we'll talk about it. And you always make sure you talk. So that helped a little bit, but it was still like on the on the of like, dang, I kind of want to just like kind of bridge out, br- reach out and kind of be do a little stuff for myself now. So I feel like as I got older, I wanted to kind of do for myself, but the order was definitely needed because a lot of that order is a lot of what I became today and what helps me out today. And without it, I would have been completely different. Yeah, that's a good observation. When you look at the world at large and your friends and the things you see now and now you got social media and, you know, you have uh, the, the world in the palm of your hands and your phone, you see a lot going on. You think the world needs that? I, I definitely do. I think uh, I think it needs it, but I think it's also toxic because I think yeah. it's definitely easy to subvert yourself. Like I like I, I do security. So I see like I'm in a whole bunch of different stores all the time. So I see all type of different stuff. So uh, it's like I see like two year olds and strollers that are just entertained by their iPads now. And it's like beforehand, you had to give them a toy or you had to give them like you had to talk to them or something like that. Nowadays, parents like it's kind of like an easy way out for a lot of stuff is like uh, you don't have to you don't have to sit at home and, and watch the news. You can just look it up or you don't have to read newspapers. You don't have to read books. You can just listen to something or watch a YouTube video or something like that. And I think it's good because it is easy and it does give you access to a lot of stuff like if people in the 70s and 60s and the 1800s or whatever had the internet, then this we probably really see that the world that we see in Back to the Future with all the type of flying cars and hoverboards and stuff like that because they have so much access to everything. But it's also hurting because it's taking away the the, the struggle and it's taking away like the uh, it's taking away like the, the personal connection, right? Exactly, That's one thing. personal connection, and I think it's I think it's taking away the work that people have to do, and it's making yeah. everything easier. So it's making people a lot lazier. Instead of instead of getting up to turn the TV off, you just to hit the remote. Or instead of you know people don't even get up to change the turn the light switch on. People people don't even, you don't have to get up and get food now. You can do DoorDash. You can DoorDash everything. You can DoorDash everything. You can Uber everything. You don't got to go to stores. You can just order everything. It's like, and then I feel if if y'all seen Wally. If y'all see Wally, I feel like because uh, in Wally, if you don't know, it was like um, basically all the humans left Earth and went into like a spaceship up in over Earth, and uh, everybody was fat. Everybody was fat. Everybody was overweight. Nobody walked. They all had hover like hover seats, and that's how they just moved around. They had hover cars, and the Earth was just a desolate garbage wasteland with Wally the garbage picking up mon- or the garbage picking up robot and a bunch of other robots that like did a whole bunch of stuff. So it's like. Like that, that's good, obviously, for technology, but it's bad for the people. And I feel like it could be bad for the long haul. So I just try to encourage people to, you know, get out and not be all the way, you know, just submerged in all the easiness and all the comfortability and all that, because it's very easy to just get submerged in it and lose what humans were built on, the good things that humans were built on. You know, that's that's a really strong observation. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it really, really is. And I, I actually... You as being classified as a millennial, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right? Like that sounds yeah, like yeah. some OG will be talking about yeah. saying. So my hat is off to you for that kind of awareness. Yeah. It's really important. But you're still not hating on today's times, right? Course, yeah, I love but, it. Yeah, but you're paying attention to what's really going on. And I see, say, I say seeing the ins and outs mm-hmm. is a really important part of our development as mm-hmm. a human being. So really hats off to you, man. And I'm really glad that that sense of structure gives you certainly more of a positive than a negative because that was by intention what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to stay with you as you go forward. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, did that sense of discipline and that sense of structure and order as we talk about school, because you started off as a good student and you did what you did. 
And let's fast forward. Let's go as forward as all the way up to high school. Do you think that that sense of structure you had at home and in uh, in karate for years and years? Because all total, it's been about like, I don't know, 19 years or something that you've been involved or at least aware of martial arts. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, 18, I think. 18, about 18 years. So do you think that that helped in school or didn't affect it one way or another in your perception of learning in the scholastic environment? And what's your feeling about the scholastic environment? Uh, I think it did help in school, but I think, well, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say that karate itself or like the art itself helped in school. But I mean, it, you could say that a kid because you were my sensei. So you were the the reasoning that uh, like when I would do well in school was because you were like you would, you know, have make sure I bring homework up to the karate school to do it. And like you will check it sometimes and, you know, stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily say karate itself in the but. What I can say is that the structure itself did help me because it it taught me how to act really and not, you know, just act out and do a whole bunch of other things because you have to be focused and you have to uh, like have some sort of discipline to be do well in karate and to do it for so long. So that definitely helped. I think the discipline factor definitely helped me uh, be, in, be, be good in school, not necessarily in the scholastic part, but more so in like the work, like just to do the work and to be able to listen and be respectful and all of that and um about the scholastic environment i think is is a beautiful thing and i think anyone who can graduate college is you know what i'm saying i think i has off to them because i that is like that's just it's, i'm not gonna say it now nah, i want to say it's a skill really to be able to focus on something for four plus years sometimes five and then maybe you go to grad school four more years you know what I'm saying? That's that's so much discipline and it's hard. Like for someone like me, that's hard to just be there for that long. Oh, waiting still, waiting still. Okay, still doing work, still doing work. I feel like I'm not going up. I feel like I'm not moving. You know, it's hard and, and it's hard too to do something that you might not necessarily have the same interest in that you have with other things. So like, and I definitely think that school is necessary for a lot of people. I think school is something great that people need to do. Um, but I also don't think it's for everybody. And I don't think that uh, that everybody needs to go to school to, to be successful. And I don't think everybody, like a college, at least, I feel like you should at least have a high school diploma because I feel like a high school diploma, it just shows you that you have the ability to be able to get through something. You know, I feel like you have to go through something. You have to uh, have the discipline to be able to get through something on time, you know, uh, be able to do everything you need to do. Because to be honest, how graduating from high school is not the hardest thing in the world. Like you can graduate from high school with all D's if you if you really was doing if you really wanted to, you know. So it's like I feel like uh, just school is is great to is it's a great thing to teach you discipline and it's a great thing for knowledge and it's a great thing for specific people who want to do things in specific fields. But the uh, I just don't think it's all the way necessary to uh, to be successful and to be great and to be a good person and to be qualified to do certain things, you know, things like that. So I definitely have nothing but, you know, good things to say about school and nothing really wrong about school at all, besides maybe how much it costs to go to college, (laughs) almost millions, billions of dollars to go to college. But besides that, I think school is a great thing for for who it's for. And then for other people, you got to find your avenue. You know, uh, that uh, I'm really glad we hit on this subject because in the world at large that, you know, that is surrounding us, you know, scholastics and a college degree has become the 
the the barometer for your success, meaning that you have to have that in order to make your way in this world. Mm -hmm. However, there are many people who are maybe even the most successful people in this country's and other countries' history Mm -hmm. don't have a degree. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we should sell it one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there is um, some qualities to the fact that you have an organized mind and you have a focus and you have a determination and you have a desire and you push it through and you can make it. I just think that structure and order are important to find in your life somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the basic principles of education, like, you know, uh, your A's, B's and C's, you know, your good math skills, you know, the basic knowing something about history. Mm-hmm. And you're right. High school does give you that launch and it can help you and push you forward. So you're right. School may not necessarily be for everybody. So let's just talk about you, the individual. I think you made a decision that you didn't want to go ahead and go all the way through college. Now, you know, your mother and I put you in a position where you could do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And you made a decision that it wasn't necessarily for you at this time. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you felt that in addition to what you've already shared? Um, I think it was a couple of things. I think it was for one, I was struggling to figure myself out and I was trying to figure out like what I, who I was as a person. And I was trying to figure out, I'm saying uh, like where I wanted to go, what I wanted to be and what I wanted to see. And I felt like just being in that school environment every day wasn't necessarily developing me as a person. And I feel like it was developing me mentally, but not defensively. I feel like it was developing me mentally uh, in like a knowledge type of aspect, but it wasn't developing mentally in a personal type of aspect. And I feel like if you can't, if you don't know how to operate yourself or you don't know how to work yourself, or if you don't understand yourself, then you're not going to go anywhere. Because there's a lot of people who go through life thinking they're one person and they're not even that person at all. And I feel like that was what the big reason for me to for me leaving school was to figure myself out and to understand what it was I really wanted to do. And now I kind of found um, I kind of found music and I feel like I definitely don't think that um, that the school environment is necessary for music. And I feel like it's but I feel like it is a lot of stuff you can learn and that you need to learn regarding music and might not necessarily be in a school aspect but uh i i just just feel like that for me that school just sitting in a class for hours on end taking notes relying on these test scores to for your success and all type of stuff like that i just don't think that that was necessarily for me but i i I do um i do definitely think that there is benefit in school and i might definitely i'm not saying i'm gonna go and just get my degree or anything like that but i think there definitely is some parts of school that I could benefit from that I may need to benefit from later on in life. Just being in a class environment, learning from people who know more than me, you know, uh, stuff like that. But I feel like, um, you know, reading books, researching yourself and researching, doing your own research, um, you know, things like that could be just as beneficial as sitting in a class for a whole semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and again, I'm going to touch on this again. I am not anti-school. As a matter of fact, I am pro-school or certainly pro-education or learning. But I'm also pro-independent thinking. And you know that my life history, I've come up pretty much on my own. I've had to learn a lot of things. I was trying to avoid you having to work harder than you needed to in developing your life. But what did I wind up discovering? That you were an independent thinker and uh, you had some goals and ideas of your own. And I had to I had to resign myself to the fact that this individual, while talented and while smart and while sharp and and with a great background, has some ideas about where his life should go on his own. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I tell you I respect that. And on that note, as a quick segue, Wade, if we talk about your history at 10 years old, yes, you were teaching classes. 
But at 10 years old, you got your first resume as well that I've built. And I wanted you to already be ready. So this may contribute to some of your thinking because on the first job interview you went to, you got the gig. And you mm-hmm. walked in there as a young teenager with a resume. Mm-hmm. And every time you stepped up in environments now to present yourself in a work environment, you seem to have done it with a sense of um, organization and character and, and a positive presentation. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And so how old were you at that first gig? And what do you think about this idea of starting off working early and moving forward? Uh, I think it was like 16. Yeah, that was the earliest you could get it, I think. Yeah, I think I, think I was 16. It was fun. I didn't even I didn't even want to apply for that job either at first. It was funny. My girlfriend at the time was like, "Yeah, I'm about to go apply for this water park job. You should too. We, should, we can both work there." I was like, "All right, for sure, it's cool." And I was like, "It's good. Yeah, it's I, I wasn't even thinking about it like that. But I was like, "Yo, be, baby." Yeah, I was like, "I mean, yeah, I worked there, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby." That was not what I was there. I was but like, I was, I was like, it'd be cool to have my own money. You know what I'm saying I might as well. I was like, I might as well. And then I, it was funny. I ended up getting, it was her idea. She applied first and I ended up getting it. She didn't get the job and I got hired. But, um, so yeah, so that was, so I think that was cool. Like it was, I think I was like kind of molded for it already from when I was young. Cause he, like he said, he made the resume when I was young. So like, even though I hadn't had a real job, like, uh, it was so much stuff that I had done that I could, you feel me, use as like some type of experience for it. So it was like, and I, you feel me, I came in professional and I like I always do if I come for a job interview or something like that so it was cool it was good and I think that having that first job was good for me because it was like man I'd rather do this than, than like this is way better than sitting sitting at home doing nothing going outside playing basketball I get money I get a paycheck I could I could buy my own food now after school instead of having to ask my parents for money having to piece up for me five to go to McDonald's to get two McChickens and two McDoubles or something like that like <laughs> He was like, I could, I got you. Like, I could, I could go do it. I could go do it. You know what I'm saying? So, was, I think it's cool. And I think, uh, like, when I have children, I'm going to encourage them to get, like, some type of summer job or some yeah. type of job like yeah. that just to have some type of independence because yeah. it's so easy for kids to, like, just rely on their parents for everything and, like, not have no type of independence at all. And then when they start going away, when they leave for start growing up and turning 18 and going away for school or moving out or something like that, they still – like that's where they get they get stuck because they're like, damn, my parents not here. I don't know what to do. So I feel like that helped me a little bit, even though I was still doing that, of course, at that time. But it just it was a it was a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's true. And you wind up. I, I can remember one particular text you sent me uh, of you loading boxes in a certain way in the back and unpacking them and doing some other stuff and rolling in on a hand truck. Yeah, and you were saying, wow, functionally, Pops, I'm, I'm learning that stuff you learned when you were a kid because I was a kid working real early in the, in the backs of supermarkets delivering beverages and all that. In the 1930s. Yeah, well, whatever. And uh, I, I just think that in the end, we're more similar than we are dissimilar. I really love seeing that, you know, uh, age notwithstanding. Fact is, having a good work ethic and being in an environment where you understand that the buck stops somewhere and that you got to stay on top of your business and get your paycheck and do your thing. And then you start taking pride in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Take do you take pride in being a quality citizen and doing your gig and mm-hmm. sound corny or whatever else. But it's better than having to look over your shoulder, you know, for doing something illegal or whatever. And there's the transition next. And we talk about doing something illegal and some of the things going on in the world. So we can agree that you had a childhood where at least you felt loved. You had support by two parents. You lived in a nice home. Uh, You went on vacations. You uh, were celebrated every birthday. Mm -hmm. A lot of good things happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But 
sometimes the environment around us and the associates we have and the struggles they go go through, they touch us too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what, what do you think about this idea of, let's just say the community we live in and, and some of the challenges people go through? I'll use one example that one of your friend's brother, unfortunately, um, was shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it affected you and him and all of you. And it makes this idea that the world is still happening in spite of how good we got it at home, a true reality. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you and David? And, and what do you think about that, that situation and what you learned from those kinds of things? I mean, oh yeah, that was crazy. You know what I'm saying? It was a, that was a situation like it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been in at the time. You know what I'm saying? And it was uh, like, because of course, like everybody, I feel like everybody, like uh, especially everybody who has like, some type of uh like i'm not gonna say Antioch is uh, inner city or anything like that but it's definitely stuff that goes on all the time at Antioch for sure all the time so it's like i feel like anybody being in an environment like that you're gonna know somebody who's you know been to jail you're gonna know somebody who's been shot or shot at somebody you know those you know somebody who's fought all the time and stuff like that so i've been knowing people like like that of course but that was close to home because i've known him since i was in like fourth grade or third grade or something like that used to drive me or you still well if I didn't have a car you'd give me rides and you know what I'm saying stuff like that so it was just crazy like for for that to happen and uh it affected me for sure because it was just like it was just like kind of like a wake-up call like then you gotta like anything can happen always anything can happen even though I've been operating like that I've been moving you know a, a specific way because you got to move a specific way no matter where you at you always got to move right so like, uh, but it's just it's just kind of a, like a wake up call. And it was close to home, and like if if he did, if he did, happy he didn't. But if he did like die or something like that, because his friend who was in the shooting did die. So if he did die, like I, I wouldn't even know what to think. I now wouldn't even know what I think of my friend, because that is like they both really like my brothers. Like I call him. That's the only besides him and my actual big brother. Those the only people I actually call like a big brother type of person. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's just crazy for it to actually happen. And to just see it happen to somebody close to me, so it, it's just it, it worries you. It, uh, it it keeps you on your ten, and it's just, it's it's a weird feeling, and it's like a, it's like a blessing in some ways because it, it kind of just like a wake up call to like make sure you 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 move right and you try and just stay away from all that crazy stuff because anything can happen to anybody, and it does happen to people all the time. True, it's true. You know, as you started to grow older, you know. I wanted to make sure that you had room to breathe and that you could go out in the world and you can enjoy yourself over the evening and we could stay connected and whatever. And I would have to trust that you had good skills and that you would be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would actually tell and encourage your mother to calm down, just get some rest. The boy going to be all right. He, mm-hmm. he got good skills. And I would say something to you. And this is a phrase that your brother and, and you know very well is keep your eyes on. Right. Right. Keep your eyes on. Right. And so, I'd say that I know now you understand thoroughly what that means, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, did you get it right away or did you have to think about it? And what's your feeling about that phrase now? At what time? When I first said it, like, yo, keep your eyes on you. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you're going on about your business. Did you really get it at the time or did it take you a while to get it? And how you feel about it now, that phrase? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't really get it. Of course, you don't like if you just say keep your eyes on you. Like what? Like, OK, I will. Like you just of course, you're going to be careful. Like you always taught, you know, look both ways when you cross the street. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, you know what I'm saying you always taught to, to, you know, not talk to strangers and stuff like that. So that's really that's really 
just what it means, honestly. It's like that's how it starts off and stuff like that, you know, don't come, you know, stuff like that. So it's kind of just like a, a continuance of that, really, but when I got older. And then, like, so it's kind of just depends on whatever your condition, like your conditions are or whatever the environment is. So, like, if you're a kid, you cross the street, look about when you cross the street. If you're older and you're at a party, you know, watch everything. Someone can have a gun in there. Someone can start fighting in, in there something like that. If you uh, if you drive and keep your eyes on someone can might want to might swerve into your lane and smack you. And then y'all y'all both crash and ends up just a four or five car crash on the freeway. So I feel like it, it, it like I didn't understand it at first, but um I, I didn't understand it the way you were saying it, but it's something that I was being taught my whole life and kids are taught their whole life, really. And you just made sure to have an emphasis on it because of what you've been through and what you've seen, because you've seen and been through some crazy stuff, too. So you was like, I know anything can happen. So you just need to make sure that you know anything can happen, too, and just to watch out for everything and anything. So is that just your physical eye or is this something about that third eye? Nah, it's like, uh, well, I don't know if this is a third eye, yet, but like it's just like a feeling you could feel like. It's just like you just feel like a like a little maybe like a cold shiver, like just something feeling you when like you like something feels wrong. And not everybody has it and not everybody can feel it. But I always feel it like and I always uh, I made like it's, it's partly your eyes, like partly your your uh, your eye, really all your senses. It's partly all your senses mixed together. You might hear something crazy, like someone just like raising their voice. You look over, oh, somebody gonna start fighting. Or, like you just happen to see like somebody putting their hands in somebody's face. And you're like, oh, something's about to start. Something about to happen. Or you just might see somebody on their phone and swerving their lane. You just like, oh, I gotta watch out for him. Let me stop. So like, it's uh, it's definitely like just a little vibe that you can always feel like when something weird is about to happen. Like especially in a room, especially if you're in a room and somebody walks in a room or something happens in a room. Like it's just like condensed. You could feel it. You can just sense it. You could just it's just some type of weird feeling. I can't never describe it, but it's just something you feel that you have to like you have to learn, especially growing up in places like and I'm like I always try and make sure people understand that Antioch is not the hood, Antioch is not no Oakland, Antioch is not no South Central or something like that. But stuff happens in Antioch and stuff can happen in Antioch where I, where we grow up or where we grew up. So like uh so it's it was a so it's just a feeling that you learn how to feel when you go to certain places and get in a certain environment. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, you know, this whole theme is like this is your life, right? So we can I mean it's very easy to listen now and see the patterns of there's been some some development, man, in you. Mm-hmm. You know, we started off talking about that little three year old and then five year old and all that. And now we've come to a tunnel of understanding and they're like, yo, this kid has learned some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in effect, you've made some progress and there's the progress. There's the transition to a, a phrase that I, I like now for you. That is your phrase uh, that is close and near and dear to you. And it's only progress or OP as an acronym. Break that down and tell us what that means. Shout out OP, man. OP. So first OP started off is me and my friends. We had a group chat and then, uh, it was like a couple of little groups. Like we, it was, it was kind of like like little tiny gangs, but it wasn't. We wasn't really serious. But like we just had little groups at school. Uh, but uh, OP was ours because somebody called us out of pocket, like out of pocket, like mean, rude, whatever, like just like playing around. So we uh, said OP, and then we changed it to only progress because it's just something I really believe in. Because I and only progress is just a way of life, really. Like it's just always progressing and always moving forward, no matter what, and just never moving backwards, really. 
like just if you if you do something one day just do something better the next day or do something to to move closer to something like beneficial the next day just always moving closer always making yourself better always doing something positive you know what i'm saying like it's not it's just a way to live so op is just really like a way of life honestly so only progress always progressing at all times no matter what great theme brother Great, great theme, Ali. I'm loving it more and more every day. And you got a logo that goes with it now, and it's looking pretty good. Shout out my dog, man. Yeah, man. Well, that one I would never disagree with. Uh, I think that that theme is what I live by, too. And before mm-hmm. I even had a name for it or borrowing your name, mm-hmm. fact is, never quit is in that same category. Mm-hmm. And, you know, never quit is we got shirts and we got logos and we got hats and we got in front of our March Rose uniform, the mm-hmm. whole thing. But it's, it's more than just talking it. It's walking it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I see in you as a progressive individual. And again, school notwithstanding, mm-hmm. you seem to have learned a lot. man. Mm-hmm. And you are the proverbial other side of the coin here on what America is producing. Mm-hmm. You know, some would say that, oh, you know, look at all these schools that went to Stanford and went to Howard and went to these places. And, and shout out to Howard and Morgan State University mm-hmm. as the HBCUs in this in this country that are really, really important to us and our development and bringing us through slavery and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But what about what's going on with some of the, you know, the police organizations around this world and what's happening to young men? Do you ever find yourself thinking about that? And is it troubling now or do you really have your feet on the ground and kind of understanding that this is the world we live in and let me move forward and, and not let it drag on in my head? How's your heart and head about that? Oh, nah, that's, it, my, I, you do your best, but you can't just forget like about all that stuff that happens. Because at the end of the day, like, like, uh, and just speaking for Black people right now, like Black people, we all in the same struggle, whether we like it or not. So like, you could always just be like, oh, it's, it's whatever. I'll just forget about it. But then you can't, and then like you can forget if if you anybody who watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's an episode where in the first season where Carl Carlton and Will they yeah, borrow a car from one of Uncle Uncle Phil's yeah, rich friend, and they get pulled over for quote unquote driving too slow. And then um, at the end, Carlton's like, no, the police officer is doing his job. Ah, ah. And then even then the Will's like, nah, you don't get it, man. It's just it was it was because we was two black people in a nice car, and then. He asked his uncle and he was like, uh, his uncle Phil was like, that's what I, I he was like. I thought the same thing when I was first stopped and he just walked off and he was just quiet. And then so it's just a historical. Exactly. It's a so like you can't ever just forget. You can't ever just push it under the rug because at the end of the day, we all together with this. And it's, it's real. Like it's it's real. Anybody could get in some type of problem. I'm not saying police is bad either. Like police are definitely necessary for the world. And there's not all corrupt police officers. and There's not all you know, racist police officers, but it's uh, actually a reality in the country that racism is prevalent in the government. Racism is, is prevalent in the in uh, our police departments, unfortunately, is prevalent in, you know what I'm saying, maybe a dentist, maybe uh, the person serving you your food. And it's just a real thing. And it, it, it kind of all ties together in the race, unfortunately, but it really does because it's like, it's just, you can't really get away from it. And I feel like if you forget about it and you're not really being true to yourself because it's just, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's real. It's, and it's really a thing that you have to watch out for. And not just for black people. It could be for you know, Latino people, for, you know, Indian and Arab people, even for white people, even, even white people can uh, catch some type of, some type of discrimination because, because of what they look like compared to what somebody else looks like. So it's just, you can never just brush that under the rug. And police brutality is unfortunately a problem that we really have in this country and that, you know, people are making strides to help fix. And I'm one of them. I really wanted to help fix it and help, you know what I'm saying, make a 
make a conscious effort to to live in a society in a world where we could all just be equal and we could all live the same but you know right now it's a fight that we fighting right now and if you can't just press it under the rug because it can happen to any and every one of us at any time true that man true that and i've lived it as i've shared with you Facts. for a very long time and it's 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 not um, invigorating for my life to have to revisit this topic from 40 years ago yeah. that was right in front of me, you know, trying to walk around in high school and do the things I do and yeah. seeing all the madness. And then it circles around for you. Uh, you know, my job was to try and make your life better and, you know, make it, you know, a positive experience for you. But, you know, these are the facts of our life. And so we deal with them the very best we can. And we keep moving, but we do not let that inhibit us for being our best selves, mm-hmm. right? That's what that OP is about for you, right? That's mm-hmm. what that never quit is about for me. Mm-hmm. So I like that you've got that theme for life that you're operating from, and now I'm yeah. definitely going to do that. That's what I'm all about. And it seems like to me, though, you also want to make a statement. Like you're trying to make a statement about humanity, about manhood, and about, you know, this world we live in. And I think that's where a transition in this conversation goes to your music. And I think that you are now about how many songs you think you wrote now, because now I think you are starting to make a statement about how you feel as a man and you write all your own music and you coming out with it. And I'm not I'm not going to ask you to spit no game here this afternoon and stuff unless you want to. You got to pay me for that, man. I'll hit you. If you, if you <laughs> want to freestyle like before you can go any further, just throw that out there or anytime you're ready to drop some science, go ahead and do that. But the fact is, you are actually growing uh, progressively in your music. You did a stage show in Los Angeles recently. It was very successful. You look really good on camera as well, too. So I love that you're making a statement, man. But how you feel about, you know, these things you're doing? First question I asked you was how many songs you've written by now, too. How, what you got What you got in your library now? By now, I'm probably not going to use the majority of them. I've written over 200, probably 250, something like that. That's like, crazy. It's, you got to just always keep writing. And uh, So what's, what's the second question? And the second question is, what you got, man? Spit a verse. Yeah, spit a verse for the people. I can't so. Come can't on. spit a verse. That's parental advisory, bro. Uh, I like you it. I knew you wouldn't, too, and I like that, too. I'll put you on the spot. I'll put you on the spot. But honestly, when you're talking about making your statement for music, right, what's important to you about this thing you're doing, this idea that your self-expression comes through your music and you want to say something? You know, talk to us how you feel about your music right now. Uh, for me, music for me is just like kind of a kind of a way out of like I'm saying reality for a little bit. It's just like a it's just a way like for me like uh, how can I explain it? It's just like kind of like some people have you feel me writing a diary and some people uh, go to the gym. Some people play basketball. Me, I write music or go to the studio because like like when I'm there, it's just like I don't think of nothing else. I don't feel nothing else. All I feel is this music stuff, and it's really what gets me through because. It's a lot of days where I just don't feel like, you know what I'm saying? I just don't feel right. I just, just things don't feel good to me. Like everything just, 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 you know what I'm saying? When everything's going wrong, I could just put it all into music. And like, it's just, sometimes it's just good to have, uh, like having feelings that you feel like written down or like as a visible thing, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's what, what music is for me, really. It's just a way to, a way for me to like calm down, a way for me to, like uh just talk about the things I go through or the things I feel or the things that I want to do the things I don't do for myself my flaws my my the good things I do good all of that so I feel like music is just like an outlet for me to just express myself and an outlet for me to just uh just just let like like I said in one of my songs uh I'm only open on a mic this the realest form of me because that's really true like nobody Nobody, not not my father, not my friends, nobody knows the entire real me except for me because I just don't, 
like, like I'm not going to express every single part of me because every single part of me isn't for everybody. You know what I'm saying so it's like uh, that's where the music comes in because it's it's just it's just a, a beautiful way for me to like express myself and really show like the world who I really am. And I feel like if I didn't have music, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. It had to be school or something because. If I didn't have music, I'd just probably be going crazy. I have to find something else to replace that. Cause music is just the music is just my thing. Music is just my way of my way of just surviving. Really, honestly, like I, I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't have some type of outlet to like like let myself out to. No, that's that's deep too. Because when you think of music, uh, certainly many people anyway, you think of sound. Right. You sing. You think of notes. Right. All put together. But the first mention we talk about this is writing. Right. And, you know, I've written multiple books. and I'm I'm a fan of the written word. You know, some call it bibliotherapy, where when you're writing things down, it comes out of your soul or out of your brain and it it takes it to paper and it gives you an opportunity to see yourself clearer. Mm -hmm. Do you think writing your music helps you see clearer how you feel about the written word? For sure, for sure. Like sometimes I'll write something in a song and I'll be like, dang, I didn't even know I really felt like that. But it just came out out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's one of the reasons why I feel like I need it because yeah, it's like, it's really just, important. It just helps me understand myself. Sometimes you, I just read it back, read the same thing back 10 times, just like, just because it's giving me a crazy understanding. And it just, it just really, it always helps me. It always helps me understanding myself. It always helps me and just feeling a certain, like it just, it's just really, really necessary for me. So I, I feel like, uh, like it's just you got to know yourself before you let anybody nobody anybody else can really know you so i feel like that's the best way to like uh have people know you is by expressing it in that and then when you put it out of show to people they kind of have an understanding of you like dang i didn't know he felt like that or i didn't know he ah, ah. and then it's just you know, like sometimes people do something to you and they don't realize they do it to you and if they hear a song they'd be like dang i didn't realize i made them feel like that and it's like i'm not asking for sympathy or asking for an apology or something that's just what happened but you know what I'm saying? I feel like it helps you you understand yourself and people understand you at the same time. Dude, I'm going to just jump right into this question. What do you think about goals and dreams? What do you think about a dude like me who's 107 years old? No, I'm not 107 years old, but I'm, 30. I'm older than you, right? And, uh, you know, having goals and dreams and continuing to pursue them and and uh, trying to make their life as finite and positive as they possibly can and 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 also somebody who's not as old as me, who's like your age or even younger. What's this this thing about goals and dreams? Why do some of us just gotta pursue goals and dreams and just sitting there on the couch? What, what do you think about goals and dreams for a person? I think everybody's different. I think some people just have that uh, the, the the necessity to just go do something with themselves and just be something and like be something great, and they just like feel like they have. So I feel like that's me and you for sure. But like I feel like I feel like you have to have a goal and a dream because like if you're not. If, if, if you don't have anywhere you're going, like, what's the point of going? Where like, that's, just like, that's just like getting in your car and getting on the freeway and just driving. And just driving on the freeway. And you don't know where you're going. You don't know the direction. You don't know what you're about to pass up or nothing. You're just driving for no reason. That's just a waste of gas. I'm not going to waste my gas, personally. I'm about to try and go somewhere. Like, I'm about to put it in the maps. I'm about to you know, saying, know where the gas stations are. I'm about to, and I'm about to go. Until, and I'm going to just drive until I can get there. No matter how many times I got to fill my gas tank, no matter how many car problems I have, no matter, you feel me, how tired I am, you just got to get to your destination. You can't, I feel like you can't drive without a destination. And I feel like that's the, like, you got to have something to chase. You got to have some, some type of light at the end of the tunnel. Cause if you're just in the, in the dark tunnel and you're just driving through it. Preach, bro. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I just always, I always say you got to have a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, man. Well, you know what, as we transition and, and get toward closing up this conversation a little bit, 
I love that you brought up driving a car, right? Because one of the other things that I would share with you as you were growing up is always drive your own car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you say like, well, of course, it's my car. I would drive my own car. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, break it down for what I meant. And do you remember that day after school when I picked you up for school mm-hmm. and I went to go yeah, home, man. but we didn't go home? And then what do you remember that? Can you recount that story? We saw something happen in school. I don't remember what happened. Something happened in school. And then uh, so we were getting to my house, and then he just turned, made a right. Instead of going straight to my house, he made a right and just kept going in circles. I was like, okay, what you doing, bro? Like, he just did it like five, six times. I'm like, what you doing? It was like, he was like, see, you know, you don't drive your own car. You can't, you know, you don't go nowhere. You just go wherever they want you to go. And he just kept driving for like 30, 40 minutes. I mean, we right around the corner. He just kept making the wrong turns. I'm like, okay, like, I get what you're saying now. So, yeah, he just, it's just a, uh, it's just the notion of doing things yourself and, and uh, being able to like it's just the, it's just the notion of, you know, having control of your own life and having control of your own destiny. And you can't never let anybody else control your own destiny. And that's why you always got to drive your own car, because if you the person in the driver's seat, you go where you want to go. If you let somebody else drive. You don't know where they're going to take you. And that, as they say, is that. Yeah. And that's, I think, an important topic to really expound on. But then close with is. You know, pursue the things that are important to you and do it in the best way that you can. But, uh, you know, a good quality way between human beings. But 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 do you you know, what I mean, don't just follow all the time. You know, do you come up with an idea and a concept and a forward direction and pursue that thing? And I am the best example of that that is here in this room and that I have done that my entire life. And I can I plan to continue to do it. And it seems, though, my young son, who I love very much, looks like you got that kind of flavor too and that you want to pursue some things and we also keep order mm-hmm. and the sense of treating people with respect as a primary issue mm-hmm. i ain't trying to hurt nobody i ain't trying to mess nobody up i ain't letting nobody trying to dog me either but we want forward progress because it just makes sense what do you think about that brother Holler? yeah you gotta always go move forward bro because at the end of the day like it's like you, you just you can't just do stuff for no reason like you gotta move forward you gotta always just keep getting better with yourself because like once you just once you just stay at a standstill, it's like how much better can you get? Like if Michael Jordan played won his first won his first three rings and just stayed the same amount of good, like if he didn't get any better, it would just be like, Okay, you got three rings, but he wouldn't have won six. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you he wouldn't have won six. If he just stayed the same, nope. He would have I'm saying he would he would have probably won that three. They would have figured out how he played. And then, like, it wouldn't have worked. It's the same with uh, every every really sports person in, in the world that, you know what I'm saying, if you, if you are seven years old and you stay the same as when you're seven years old, nobody's going to want to be your friend. You can't get the job. You're just going to be a bum your whole life. You always got to move forward. Yeah. So last piece of advice, if you have one, let it swirl around in your brain for a second. So if you're thinking about a contemporary, they 21 years old, they're in school, and they're progressing forward, trying to either graduate right about now through college, or they've decided that they out and they're trying to pursue what they'd like. Uh, what kind of science would you drop on them to, to close this out a little bit and, and, and finish our day? Is there anything that you would share with your contemporaries about, yo, man, yo, girl, this, this is what I would say. Make sure you do this or that. I know exactly what I would say. I would tell you live for yourself and you can't live for nobody else. Like you, I know you love your parents, you love your friends, you love whatever. But at the end of the day, you going into that casket by yourself. 
you came out the womb by yourself unless you got a twin or something. But you going in that casket by yourself. It's nobody else is gonna be with you. It's nobody else that's gonna make sure you as happy as you can be better than you. It's nobody that's gonna you feel me, is that's gonna be willing to to do all these things for you uh that 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 you really need and nobody knows how much you need except for you. So I just wanna tell you I want people to make sure that they you I'm not saying to not care about anybody else and to just only be selfish. But it's sometimes where you have to be selfish. It's sometimes where you have to make sure you look out for your own sanity. It's sometimes where you have to make sure that uh, that you're good because it's a 99% of the people in the world are going to look out for themselves before they look for you. Except probably the only people who won't do that might be your parents if they just happen to if they just love you how they should. And they're going to look out for they going to love you like how my parents love me. And they're going to uh, they 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 going to rather rather die than have you be feel some type of way. But even then, they might not know exactly what you want. So I just want to stress that everybody should make sure that they do what they want and what make them happy because nobody else can make you as happy as you can make yourself at the end of the day. So just always have yourself. Always uh, always make sure you keep your own sanity and always uh, just make sure, like he said, drive your own car. Bruh, way to end it up. I got to tell you, I'm as excited as could be for this conversation. <laughs> I think you've helped. Uh, put this podcast on the map, bro, by two human beings, two men sitting down, chopping it up and, and discovering new things, but reinforcing old things. So I want to thank you, Ali Hamilton, for sitting in with us today. Um, this is going to be our episode for right after the holidays. It's going to launch today. And I got to say, uh, I'm proud of you as a as a son, but I'm also proud of you as a man. And I thank you, brother. I appreciate you. I'm proud of you too. I'm happy you having you. I love you. Man. Hey, man, shout out OP, man. Y'all know how we coming. About to go crazy this year, 2019. I promise you, I'm about to make some moves. About to have the bay going crazy, going yay, yay, jumping out the gym. You know I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> so, thank you again for checking in with us on today's episode of Round 12. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. So until we meet again, time!